What's up, NFL fans? Welcome back to another episode of Four Down Territory. As always, I'm your host, Luke Easterling, alongside Doug Farrar, the czar of the X's and the O's, author of The Genius of Desperation, editor of Touchdown Wire. Do I need to keep going, Doug, here? What else you got? What else else Uh, can I list off here, all your accolades? I'm the sleep-deprived guy who just got back from Indianapolis, I can tell you that. That's true. You are not alone in that category, though. uh, No, I'm not. I I can tell you for sure. I saw some things, man. I saw some things. We always do. We always do, right? Hey, so let's start right there. Scouting Combine, it's officially over. We saw, again, one, uh, up to 320 players, almost 320 players coming to Indy, Lucas Oil Stadium. They get We get four days of on-field drills. So much of what happens behind the scenes is actually more important than that, the interviews, the medicals, and all those types of things. But let's stick with what we saw on the field and mm-hmm. talk about who impressed, who kind of disappointed. Obviously, we're going to start on the offensive side of the ball. Who was the guy on offense who made himself the most money in your mind with, with what we saw this weekend in Indy? Well, I think we should start by saying, and teams will tell you this, what happens at the combine generally comprises about 10% of the evaluation process unless there's serious medical concerns arise, which right. happens at the combine, you know, because that's people come from medicals or yep. character issues come up. And obviously there's one big example of that. Uh, that story broke, by the way, 15 minutes before <laughs> Jalen Carter was supposed to come to his podium for his press yep. conference. So that was a circus. Uh, but at least that's the case for smart teams. Sometimes you'll get a guy who gets, you know, overdrafted by three rounds. He does something amazing. But uh, I just want to mention, you always want to go back to the tape. That's true for us. That's true for teams. That said, the event is important. And I'll go with not really a sleeper, but a guy who who disappeared for the wrong reasons in, in, uh, in 2022 is Ohio State receiver Jackson Smith and Jigba. He is a name because of a 2021 season in which he caught 95 passes for 1,606 yards and nine touchdowns, but he was limited to just three games last season with a hamstring injury. Smith and Jigba didn't run the 40 at the combine, but he participated in the vertical and broad jumps as well as the three-cone drill and the 20-yard shuttle, and he posted high 90th percentile numbers in the last two events, like historically all-time great. Right. He then hit the receiver drills. He looked smooth and practiced with everything, especially, obviously, when C.J. Stroud was throwing to him. Um, I'm not sure if this and his 2021 takes – tape makes him wr1 i'm still trying to figure that out between three guys but it certainly erased any concerns about what he can do on the field and you know when you go back to that 2021 tape man he is an inside outside he can do it all he's one of a couple of guys in this draft class that receiver group where you plug him in and all of a sudden your offense is just better am i wrong for getting like I know it's lofty, but like some of the questions we have about him are some of the same questions that I think made Justin Jefferson not a top 20 pick in that draft. He only plays in the slot. He's not, you know, he's quicker than he is fast and, you know, grit. But again, the good things were the same, right? The polished route running, the short Mm -hmm. area quickness, the explosiveness after the catch. It's hard for me not to think that if this guy is not the first or second receiver off the board, somebody in the 20s. And again, a lot of those teams that need a receiver, you got the Chargers at 21, you got Baltimore at 22. Yep. Uh, so many teams, the Giants at 25. Um, man, if he lasts that long, I feel like he's just so good at everything else that, that the stuff he didn't do well or needs to work on is not going to matter as much. We could end up with a, a similar steal there, right? Well, it's a lofty comp, but as you intimated, and I remember Mark Schofield, when he was the touchdown wire, wrote about this, about how Jefferson could be much more than a slot guy. Justin Jefferson coming out, we didn't think of him the way we think of him now. So, right. Um, it is a lofty comp, but it could happen. And when you watch that 2021 tape, man, uh, I don't see a lot that isn't there to, to make that discussion happen. 
Yeah, I mean, for my pick, I'll go with a name we didn't know as much about going into this uh, into this weekend. But I mean, the tight end class is deep. But I don't think anybody made themselves more money than Zach Kuntz mm-hmm. from Old Dominion, right? Yep. Six seven two fifty five dominated pretty much every measured event imaginable uh, at the combine this weekend. Had the second fastest forty yard dash of the tight ends, and then had the uh, the number one spot uh, among his position group in the vertical leap, broad jump, and the three cone. I know not everybody ran some of those other drills. Uh, but still, he finished first, so I'll take it. Um, but at that size, I, I mean, even in a deep tight end class, again, we should we could see three or four guys go in the first round on that back yes. half of the first round. But Kuntz at that size, that much athleticism, I know he's got some issues in terms of being consistent with the way he catches the ball, but I think he's a, a willing and able blocker, obviously with that frame, can be just an added offensive lineman almost in the ground game. And if he develops that receiving ability down the line, I feel like somebody's got uh, uh, the potential to unlock something really special with a guy that has those types of physical tools. Well, it's a copycat league, right? Who just won the Super Bowl? Kansas City Chiefs. Who had more two and three tight end sets than any other team last year? The Kansas City Chiefs. By the way, uh, just to note that he might not be the best former Old Dominion tight end in this draft. That would be uh, Georgia Tech edge rusher Keon White, believe it or not. So there you go. Yes, that is true. We are big Keon White fans on this show. Yes, we are. He is a draft crush. Hey, uh, Keon White plays defense now, so let's switch to the defensive side of the ball. Which of the defensive prospects that we saw in Indy was most impressive and and maybe launched themselves up the board, so to speak, with the performance that he had? I'm going to go with the guy who I haven't heard a lot about, and people would say he's a third-day pick, and I would look at the tape and go, uh, I think he's better than that, but Michigan cornerback DJ Turner, who I know you knew about, but yep. he's kind of getting on the radar for a lot of people. He impressed me with his tape before the combine to the point where I was wondering, you know, again, why are we, you know, all these, and maybe it's just because there are so many, I have never seen a draft class, Luke, like this, where there are so many cornerbacks six feet and over, big yep. guys, rangy guys with really good ball skills and some nice range. I don't remember this happening ever before. So maybe that's he just gets lost in the sauce. But I think he's going to be talked about a little bit more after a combine in which he posted the best 40-yard dash at 4.26 seconds. And he was the second. He had the second-fastest 10-yard split at 1.47 seconds behind only TCU receiver Darius Davis. Again, when you go back to the tape, what you want to do, you see a big corner who saw a lot of targets in 2022, one more often than not. Last season, he allowed 33 catches on 71 targets for 408 yards, 123 yards after the catch, two touchdowns, one interception, seven pass breakups, and an opponent pass rating of 68.3, which is pretty darn good. Before the combine, I thought he had mid-round potential. Maybe he's a late day two guy now. Maybe, maybe that's what happens. Yeah, yeah, I think he's got great potential, particularly as a nickel guy in the slot. He's tough. I think he can tackle. uh, He can handle that in there. It's funny what you said about the the corner class and the big guys. I feel like the opposite is true of the receiver class. I feel like so many of the top guys in this draft are sub-six foot, right? They're all smaller guys. It's going to be interesting to see how teams value that. We always think about early receivers. We think about the bigger, taller guys. But so many of the best receiver prospects in this draft are the smaller, shiftier guys. It's going to be interesting to see how teams uh, value that. Um but I, I'm going to take a, a bit of a bigger name here. Nolan Smith came into his collegiate career, obviously, with a ton of fanfare, one of the top recruits, if not the top recruit in the country, depending on what service you used. Um, but obviously, last year was a big disappointment. He, he has the, the torn pectoral injury early in the season, but did not stray far, right? Got really involved with the coaches and was like, hey, how can I help? Stayed very close and connected to that team that ended up winning the, the national championship for the second year in a row. 
but we knew what kind of athlete he was and we were hoping he would be able to show that off at the combine and he absolutely did right i mean four three nine 40 yard dash at nearly 240 pounds i mean the the jumps the everything he did just kind of reminded us what a special player what a special athlete he can be i know he's still going to be on the undersized side for a lot of teams but man the explosiveness the 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 potential is just through the roof with this guy. And I feel like he's back into that where he would have been if he had played all year because people kind of reminded of, of how good he can be. I feel like top 20, maybe even top 15 shouldn't be out of the question for Nolan Smith. An interesting thing about Nolan Smith and Anthony Richardson also, who just blew up the combine, they did their 40s on a track that made a lot of fast guys look slow, which I find interesting. So, um, you know, they're going to stand on that, probably not run out their pro days. But, yeah, yeah, Smith really impressed me. And he was kind of a coach on the field. And he's that, you know, if you want a big, like a 270-pound guy in a four-man front, that's not really who he is. But the league right. is going to more five-man base fronts. Look at what the Eagles did with Hassan Reddick. I think Nolan Smith can fit that role right away. Well, with that athleticism, you can drop him too. I mean, he can, yes. he has range of a guy that you wouldn't play on the edge anyway. So I, I feel like he can do so much. Let's move to the other side of the conversation. This is this is never as fun, right? Because we don't ever want to pile on guys that didn't have a no. great day. But going into the combine, we had high expectations for some of these prospects, and they didn't live up to them. Who is your pick on offense for the guy who maybe underwhelmed a bit with the way he performed at the combine? I'll go with Houston receiver and senior bowl superstar Nathaniel Tank Dell. He didn't blow the receiver drills or anything. I mean, he looked fast and shifty. He looked in the receiver drills, actually catching the ball, looked like everything you'd expect, what you saw on tape, what you saw at the senior bowl. So, you know, right. the problem is when you're his size, five foot eight and three eighths and 165 pounds, you better bring up the track on the 40. And he didn't. Four, yeah. four, nine is nothing to write home about because, Lucas, I like to say you could be small in the NFL and you can be slow in the NFL. You cannot be both small and slow in the NFL. Not that he is, but that 40 is a problem. The question is, what does it mean in the grand scheme of things? Does it matter? Um, I should know that his 10-yard split of 1.49 seconds was the third fastest among all receivers, and that's really more where his game is at the next level. He's creating separation with quickness, say 5 to 15 yards, and, you know, that's great. If he can go full roadrunner at his pro day, awesome. If not, again, it's a problem because when at that size, NFL teams are looking more to convince themselves. They're trying to talk themselves out of you. If he yep. runs a, like a 4-2-5-40, it's like, oh, well, we have to take – I don't know what we're going to do right. with him, but the guy's just a freak. We have to take him in the third round. That 40 time, that's what – Really nothing to do with what he does on the field because, you know, he looks great on the field. But at that point, you're not even talking about the athletic aspect of it. You're, you know, third day of the draft, you need a receiver or a, a, a satellite guy, one of those Chiefs types that everyone wants now. Yep. And you're thinking, well, okay, you know, he checks these many, this many boxes, but the one he doesn't check might have a team going, yeah, pass, I can't do it. Well, that's the thing. Those thresholds are always relative to one another, right? If right. you if if you don't check these two boxes, you have to check these other two to a degree mm -hmm. that it overcomes that, right? And I feel like when you have a guy who's that small, you've just got to be stupid fast to make up for it, right? You've got to give the team something of a trump card to be able to say, I know he's under our thresholds in all these other areas, but it's it's too much speed to pass up. And like, like you said, I just don't think he gave them enough. Um, 
and I'm going to stay with the wide receivers for my pick. I think after the season that we saw from Kayshawn Butte at, at LSU, very underwhelming performance on the field. And yeah. I think we were all hoping that at the combine, he would kind of bounce back from that and, and kind of remind us that he can be uh, an elite wide receiver and keep himself in that kind of day two conversation, maybe even second round with a good showing. But again, a guy that's just not, he's not big enough to be as, as slow and unathletic comparatively. Again, those times uh, for, for regular humans are pretty fast still, but compared yeah. to the rest of this class, there's so many other bigger, more physical, more complete wide receivers that are also faster and more athletic that I feel like the numbers he turned in were really disappointing and we'll just drop him back in a very deep class. I mean, I feel like every year we've got so many good receivers coming out that if you show up and you're sub six foot and sub 200 and you run slower and look less explosive than guys that are six three, six four, and 200 plus, it's going to kick you down to that day three range, especially after the season you just had. And he was, you know, eventually at one point he was going to go back to LSU. Then he switched up and said he was going to declare. I don't know what to do with him in terms of his draft stock right now after what he did in Indy. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say off field stuff because it implies character, and I don't know that. But there, right, there, right. there were some, there were there were some like weird things. Um, like I said, you can be small, you can be slow, you can't be both. You know, at, at that point, as Jerry Glanville once said, the NFL stands for not for long. Yep, that's true. Hey, let's wrap it up on the defensive side of the ball. Who is the player that going into this week you had high hopes for, high expectations, but just didn't quite meet him? Uh, Georgia cornerback Khalil Ringo's tape is exciting but frustrating. <laughs> it's like That's Ringo what, and Will Levis are the two guys. So many times with, he's a roller coaster on tape this year, man. My th- with with him and Levis, the tape is like I have absolutely no idea what's about to happen, uh, which is fun but not. Um, he's got a lot on the ball in a physical sense. He is an amazing man corner. I mean, when he's pressing you, you're done. But in zone, wow, lost. Uh, he struggles in transition with quicker receivers. That might not be better at the NFL level without a lot of coaching. Uh, his arm measurements are 34 and a quarter inches. The hand measurement, uh, eight and three quarter inches. They don't set him apart. Ringo ran fast enough for the four three six forty, but the other drills, especially his positional movement drills, did nothing to dissuade me from the idea that he's got a lot of work ahead of him if he wants to be regarded as a first-round pick. Now, there are teams that just play a ton of press, man. The Patriots have been doing that for years. Maybe the Patriots get him in second round or whatever, and they turn him into what they've turned all their other aggressive man press cornerbacks into from first round to undrafted. Mm-hmm. But if a team falls in love with the athleticism and it's not a schematic fit, I mean, wow, that, that could be bad. Yeah, I mean, honestly, when I went digging for for an example for this topic, it was kind of hard to find. I was kind of pleased to see that there weren't a lot of defensive prospects that coming into this week, I was like, oh, this guy's going to blow it up, and he didn't. The one guy I think I wanted to see more from was Andre Carter II, mm-hmm. right, the, the edge defender from Army. Yeah. You love the length. You love the size, the wingspan, the versatility. You saw the production drop uh, in a big way, right? I think he had 11 or 12 sacks last year or the year before, and then came in only had three and a half this year. But you're hoping, hey, there's a lot of reasons why that could happen. He's going to go to the combine. He's going to show that he's the type of athlete we can develop mm-hmm. at the next level. That's not what we saw in Indy at all. We, we did not see a guy who, who gave us great times or great jumps or anything like that, and, and nothing in the, in the positional drills showed it either. I, I just That's a guy who, again, in a very deep position group, there's so many edge guys. Every time you and I are doing three-round mock drafts right now, right? And every time I get to the third round and I've got edge guys on the board that I'm like, how in the world 
have I not found a spot for these three guys and I'm still in the third round? In my most Carter, recent mock, which went up today, I think I had a, a there was a point in the third round where I had three or four edge guys in a row because I just had to. Yeah, I ended up with the same thing last yeah. week. I went three yeah. in a row towards the top of the third yeah. round because there were so many guys left. Carter, it feels like with this performance, goes to the back of the line, right? I, I feel like now there's a conversation between him and that next lowest tier as opposed to him being in that same tier with guys like Zach Harrison from Ohio State. Um, you know, yeah. obviously Derek Hall from Auburn. Um, Who I love, so by the way. Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame. There's so yes. many guys in that next tier of edge guys that are day two. I feel like that performance may may kick Andre Carter down to the, the third day, which was just really sad to see. The thing about Carter, I find interesting, uh, I've watched quite a few games of his. Um, six, six and a half, 256. And I know, you know, you're at West Point, you're training so much. I think he played, he, I mean, the tape shows that he he was just a, 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 a bunch of very long sticks as a body type. I, I think if you get him up to 270 or 275 at that height, like, you you know, he almost takes a redshirt year in the NFL, gets with the strength and conditioning, eats a lot of mashed potatoes or whatever. If he shows up at 275 and he's still got that base quickness and you can throw some technique around it, I don't know that he's disappointing. I think he is tremendously unfinished. I think yeah. you have to take that. Uh, we talk about Terry Wilson uh, from Texas Tech as this sort of blank canvas of right. ridiculous athleticism onto which you can paint whatever you want. I think Andre Carter is kind of a lesser version of that. He just hasn't got the measurables yet that, that Wilson has because he's out training for the Army. You know, right. <laughs> the, the point is – Experience, you know, absolutely. It's, it's two radically different things as far as how you want to construct your body for this versus that. So I right. think with Carter, I mean, the movement skills are there. The speed is there. I think you, you tack 20 of the right pounds on that guy. And in a couple of years, I think you have something. But I would agree right now, very unfinished. You just don't know. Yeah, I think what it tells me right now is that more than being a a a three a scheme versatile edge guy i think he again if you just add the weight and the technique i think he ends up being at worst a very good base four three end you know yes. where where you can he can anchor the edge he plays the run really well like you said with the yeah, the, yes. uh, the quickness and especially being at that height that's tough sometimes right it's tough to get leverage it's tough to get pad level he seems to do that really really well Again, as long as you're not expecting him to be the athletic type, now that we know that, now that we've tested at that point, maybe it just shifts your perspective and your expectations a little bit. But still think he can be a, a quality player in the right role at the next level, like you said. But the way he's built right now, if he has to deal with Trent Williams, huh. no. It's going to be a long day. It's going to be a long day for most people against Trent Williams. But yeah, right. yeah. that's true. All right. Well, Doug, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks so much uh, again for joining us, all you fans out there, for another episode of Four Down Territory. Uh, thanks so much for Doug. Enjoying another another combine, man. You made it. You survived. Um, go take my a nap and, and my, get some coffee yeah, afterwards. You it's my 15th it. combine. Hashtag old. Hey, you did it, man. Thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Four Down Territory. We'll see you again next week. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>